the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and A.J. Apple. Touchdown! Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, fan of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, co-host AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Uh, not much, not much. Just uh, chilling in the dark over here, I guess. I, I know it's like it's, know a, it's almost it's almost like a light burnout on the uh, on your left side. Weird. Um, so I don't know. Whatever. It's cool. <laughs> no one needs to see my face, anyways. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so tonight we're gonna have a little fun. We're gonna be talking and debating a little bit on some fantasy football strategy, uh, some other random topics thrown in there. Um, Mike Laplante, our producer, has come up with all the questions. We don't know them. All we know is like the general topic. We don't know the questions. So this this will be fun. We might idea. Uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> throw throw this one throw this idea out the window pretty quick, maybe. We'll, we'll figure no, it out. I, um, I like it. I'm good with it. But before we get into that, though, just want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button, uh, leave hit that like button, uh, leave those comments, leave those five star reviews. We appreciate it. And of course, go over to fantasysixpack.net and become an all access member today, where you're gonna get access to uh, you know our our award-winning rankings our cheat sheets our dfs embedding projections our uh, discord where you get to ask all your custom league advice directly to us and a bunch more so go over there use promo code f6p nfl for 15 percent off and last thing but not least guys if you haven't done it yet go over to fan tracks and create your fantasy football league uh we just did a mock over there and and uh, it was it was good. Um, I really did enjoy the draft room. Um, I have not played. I will be honest. I have not played a ton of fan tracks football, a uh, ton of baseball. But the uh, they have definitely made tons of improvements over there. So if you, you know, I I know there I know there's some people that that say it's not a good product. It it is. It is a very good product. Um, tons of customization, all free, uh, and. By the way, they're giving away a free signed Travis Kelsey jersey for people who create leagues over there this year. So uh, that is that is pretty awesome. Uh, but go to fantracks.com slash fantasy six pack and create your free account today. You won't regret it. Okay. Um, let's bring on our guest for the week, Mr. Ian Kenyon over there at 33rd team. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah man. Board, man. Glad to have you here. <laughs> We're gonna have to get rid of the uh, the ticker there, so it cut off your chin anymore. <laughs> but uh, no, we're good. Um, yeah. So again, I don't really know what this show's gonna turn out to be. Uh, Mike Laplante behind the scenes here is uh, we are at your mercy, Mike. <laughs> you scare me because now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, Basically, when we came up with this, we wanted to kind of have some fun with it, kind of, you know, game show vibe, but also, you know, throw some throw some knowledge at the viewers as well. So we decided to go with like a debate strategy, debate type of style. So 
first one we got here. All right. This, the, the topic for everybody is just draft strategy in general. And this is what, you know, these guys knew as well. So we planned this for four people. Now we only got three, so there's going to be a leftover option. So we're going to get to choose here. All right. Now, since Ian's our guest, he's going to have first dibs and then we're going to rotate and you, Joe and AJ, you can fight it out for a second if you want. But uh, so out of our draft strategy selections, all right, you get to choose one and you got to basically defend your strategy. Why is your the best? Why is your strategy the best strategy to draft when going into drafts this year, or you know years to come? So our four options are classic zero RB strategy. Then we got the zero wide receiver strategy. We got tight end early, most likely Kelsey or Andrews, and then we got the QB early strategy. So Ian, what would you like? I'm gonna go zero RB. I like it. I like it. So um. I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give AJ the second choice here. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, what, oh, second tight choice. Tight end of, early. Of, yep. Of yep. Topic. Tight end early. QB early Sorry, or thought, zero wide I receiver. I thought you meant chance to answer second. No, like, no, okay, no. Sure. So Ian's, <laughs> Ian's got the zero RB strategy. That's his uh, debate he's going to go with. Okay. You got tight end early, QB early, or zero wide receiver. I'm going to go QB early. All right. AJ QB early, which leaves zero wide receiver and tight end early for you, Joe. Brutal. Um, <laughs> none of the above. Um, Sorry. That's not how it works. If I have to go with one of those two options, uh, I will go tight end early. All right. So let me just get that down. And then tight end. All right. So I lose round one of the debate already, by the way. <laughs> well, you are going to lose because this is how we're going to go with it. So the first selection, you know, Ian went uh, first with the selection. And then we go kind of like a snake draft a little bit. So the third selection, you're going to debate first, Joe, for your uh, tight end early debate. Okay, so you're going to make me go first. All right, awesome. Well, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but I mean, just, when we get to question four, Ian's going to be running first too. So it, it evens out for okay. everybody. Don't worry, it's fair. All right, so tight end early. Hopefully you can snag a Kelsey. Um, that is the clear positional advantage of all positional advantages. Um, you know, the dude outscored everybody in his position by like, you know, just a crap ton last year. Like it's not even close in, in PPR, you know, he was a hundred points, you know, more than the next best guy. So talking about positional advantage, set it and forget it with Travis Kelsey all year long. He's still the wide receiver one for that team and Pat Mahomes. And I don't care, you know, who we think is going to break out for the Kansas city chiefs. Travis Kelsey's still there. Ain't nobody outperforming him right now. So, um, you know, and if you don't get him, look, you can still get Hawk. You can still get Andrews um, a little bit later. And those guys still give you pretty good positional advantages, in my opinion. Um, you know, definitely not as much as Kelsey. But, I mean, look, just a couple years ago, Andrews out, outperformed Kelsey. So it, it, it can happen. Um, you know, when you go tight end early, 
that's I mean, that's really what you're playing there. Like it's it's sort of you can kind of go zero RB with it because you're kind of counting that tight end that you're going early with as another pass catcher option. Uh, so there's a little bit of that in 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 the mix too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just really when it comes down to this strategy, it is all about, you know, you're setting yourself up as having the best or one of the best at that position where you only, yes, you only need one, but let's be real after the, what top five, six, maybe do we really feel confident with any of these tight ends? No. So you kind of have to go early with one of these guys or you're hoping and praying that, you know, David Njoku actually finally breaks out for real. Right. And really can, you know, kind of come up the ranks, but you know, getting, getting those, those locked in guys of Kelsey Hawk, Andrews, you know, even throwing a Kittle, um, it, it really sets yourself up to be, to, to, to succeed in, in your, in your league. Not a bad argument. Not a bad argument. I have my own grading scale. I don't feel like I should reveal it to you until the end of the show. So <laughs> to failed. add to the uh, mystique. But, who pay, uh, who a... pays you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> There's your grading scale. That's kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, not a bad argument and a good way to start it off. All right. Now, AJ, argue your QB early strategy and why it's the best strategy to go this year. I mean, I think it's the best strategy to go this year. And and I'm looking at this obviously not as a super flex, but as a standard, you know, one quarterback league. Um yeah, I mean, based on the way that ma- the majority of leagues that either I'm in or that I see, the QBs are going to be your top scoring players. Um, yes, I get it. You need depth at all the other positions because you start so many of them, but just like going early with the tight end if you're locking up one of these, you know, stud quarterbacks, especially one that's going to get you points in the rushing game too, uh, you know, a Jalen hurts, uh, uh, Josh Allen, those are, are two of the top guys that will get you those rushing points too. Um, I mean, you have to go after these guys and you can still go, you know, with your, your first RB and wide receiver just to get somebody, there like you don't have to you know jump up in the first or second round to get one of these quarterbacks sometimes you do but i i think you you are still setting yourself up for more success and you can always find somebody else later on as a fill-in quarterback um you can always build depth after you get your stud quarterback so that's my point on it. I just think it's it's an easy choice to go and, and get the guy that you want. Um, and then you can build your depth with stacks as well. So that's kind of where I'm at. I like it. I like it. I know um, a lot of people are talking about getting QB a little bit earlier in drafts this year. I know I've, I've almost convinced Joe a little bit um, on it and maybe move him up the ranks a little bit. Never. <laughs> but uh i mean some of these quarterbacks man are just like honestly it's like having a second like an rb2 when you get a jalen hurts josh allen or a, yep. a mahomes having two players on your team not only are you getting a quarterback but you're getting a running back too essentially in that position but yeah. uh and not again 
not a bad start. So, Ian, close it out with the zero RB strategy and why that's the best strategy this year. So, I mean, it's the tried and true strategy, right? And it's only getting better with the way that teams are treating running backs. And I'm actually going to piggyback on what Joe and AJ said here. Like, if you pass on the running back early and take the QB and tight end as you know, early as part of your zero RB strategy, you can take uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round as part of your zero RB strategy or take your Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and actually pair them together and then grab your running backs late. And running back is the only position that you can routinely find players in round six plus who can still win you your league. You'll get the rare, you know, late round wide receiver hit. But you know, just last year you had Josh Jacobs, you had um, Jamal Williams led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. And by going that strategy too, you also avoid a lot of the grenades that happen um, with the, uh, running back injuries, especially early in the season. Like if you drafted Brees Hall last year, you probably got a good return on your investment to start the year, but his injury probably nuked your playoff chances. Same with Javante Williams. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah they absolutely <laughs> did. And uh, I, I like how you, you use Joe's and AJ's arguments almost against him in a way. I mean, because of the whole piggyback. I, I sort of, I sort of use his his argument. No, I mean, try to f- make it, it, it mine, but no, I didn't work. It didn't really work because you went first, which, like I said, it evens itself out. You won't be going first the whole time. Don't worry. <laughs> but in my grading scale, Joe and AJ, you tied. Ian gets that one for the first one. All right, so give me one second. So we're at fourteen. So is like All right, a point system or yeah, are we just it's a point tied. system. This, well, this no, sounds like the games that my, my son makes up tonight. Well, we played a, I mean, we played did, a random version of Uno that he was literally making up as we were going along. <laughs> That's what this sounds like, Mike. Good job. <laughs> well, hey, you you gave me full reins, and I'm a creative person, so I try my best. I want, I, I, my okay. goal is to at least give uh, give you guys some fun, so I hope you guys are having fun. So far, but so good. On to the next question here. So, just so everybody knows that this topic is about wide receiver teammates. All right. So, okay. I mean, let's be honest, guys. It's a passing league. All right. Getting a lot of good wide receivers out there. All right. A lot of good pairs of good wide receivers on teams. So I got a couple selections here for you. I got four options of teammates. All right. And I want you, you know, to kind of explain to me, because it's absolutely in a realm of possibility that this can happen. I want you to uh, tell me why and argue your case, why this wide receiver two in, in your offense can possibly be better than the wide receiver one this year. Mm. All oh. right. So. Since uh, Ian got the first selection, we're just going to move it down the list, kind of rotisserie style. Um, AJ, you got the first selection. Your okay. options are, and I, I, it's funny how it works out like this. Interesting. Uh, Ooh, our first are you option put the is Philly team in there. I wonder who. Our first option was Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. <laughs> You'd have to argue your case why Devonte Smith can finish better than AJ Brown this year. Okay. You have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Why Tyler Lockett can finish better than DK Metcalf this year. You have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. How maybe Waddle can finish, you know, an outscore. Tyreek Hill is going pretty high in drafts right now. 
And then you got a good old, you know, classic here. And uh, why, you know, because he's just being slandered in drafts right now because of the QB situation. But why can Mike Evans outscore Chris Godwin this year, possibly? Ooh. Don't even think about uh, it. We know you're in. Shaq, you didn't throw Cincy uh, in there. Fourth one there. Well, let's yeah. be honest. I did have him in there. But let's be realistic. Is there, I mean, outside of injury, because I tried to avoid that, outside of injury, is there a possibility T. Higgins outscores Jamar Chase? Yeah. Outside of injury. I, I think so. But anyway, um, I mean, we not the choice you gave us. So, AJ, who, who yeah. are you picking? This is true. Um, I'm the game master. <laughs> Man, wow. that's brutal. Uh, I, throwing me off with this Tampa Bay, but I, I think I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. All right, Tampa Bay. That actually throws me off, too, because I thought you'd go Eagles for sure. Where I was going to go. All right, Joe, so you're the second choice. You're going to go Eagles? Um, so it was Eagles, Miami. Eagles, Miami I'm... with Jalen Waddell, and then you got the Seattle Seahawks with Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf. Yeah, I'll go Eagles. All right. Now, are we talking PPR, half PPR? I assume one or the other. I mean, I'll, I know we generalize this show around PPR, half PPR, yeah. but yeah. most of the stuff I looked at was mainly PPR. So we'll go with okay. just PPR for this show and this show alone. Okay. All right, sure. Ian, you have uh, Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf or Mike Evans over Chris Godwin. Oh, I have. Oh, no, he's got. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. Sorry, Devontae Smith. Because I I really did think he was going to take Philly. Even Joe did. No, he screwed. AJ, you screwed me up because I like thought. Tyreek Hill or. Yeah. Or Waddle I, is the other one. Yeah. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to say like Waddle. Okay. All right. All right. Now, like I said, kind of goes like a snake draft. So, Ian, unfortunately. You have to go first with this one and debate your case why Jalen Waddle can possibly outscore Tyreek Hill this year. The argument for this is basically age. Tyreek Hill is nearing 30. Uh, his game is completely predicated on speed. Jalen Waddle's still under 25. He's ascending. Um, he took his game to a completely new level last year. He was used in a very different – it was almost like Tyreek Hill – from year one to year two where Tyreek year one was, I think his yards per catch was like nine or 10. And then all of a sudden it jumped to 14, 15 in year two. We saw that same thing happen with Jalen Waddle last year and year three is when Tyreek Hill really blew up. We might see the same thing with Jalen Waddle and you could see him surpass Tyreek Hill as Tyreek Hill takes a step back as he nears age 30. I mean, and there's even news that he's come out and said that he, you know, after this contract, he's done. So, I mean, it, it's very possible. Um, not a bad start. Not a bad start. Now, Joe, you're in the middle, so you're up next here. And uh, tell me why Devontae Smith is going to outscore A.J. Brown this year. I mean, when you look at it, though, like it, it, with with these with these two, um, like Devontae Smith only saw 10 less targets last year. Um, and he actually caught more passes so i mean it right there like i mean if if you get rid of you know not get rid of but like you know aj brown has had some like massive blow up games last season and you know that's clearly gonna make him like you know the the top 
point getter overall. But I mean, like, you know, he had a 33 point game and a 23 point game. He, he wasn't as consistent as Devonta. Like, and that also includes a like complete dud from Devonta in week one, like, which everybody was like, what the hell is happening? Uh, like they didn't even throw him the ball. It was crazy. Or they threw him the ball four times. He caught none. So you just give you give Devonta like a normal amount of points in week one. He probably outscores AJ Brown last year. Like it's almost how crazy it was. Um not maybe not, but um he's a lot a whole lot closer. But I mean, it's like the fact that he is already ahead of him in catches um and you know, right behind him in, in targets makes me think that, you know, that they're going to just keep feeding this guy the ball. He's talented. Um, and, you know, yeah, AJ Brown's got that, you know, downfield threat. He's a big physical guy. So, you know, maybe some extra touchdowns go his way. But uh, I do think Devonta Smith has a just another gear to turn on this season. We saw just how good he was down the stretch last year. All right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like you got lucky and got the easy one here. I mean, Jalen Waddle was a, you know, kind of close second one with that as well. Um, but not a bad. I mean, I I, I don't want to tell you this this scoring strip this scoring. I will now. say I I'm actually kind of worried. Like not not worried that like Waddle's not good, but I do like I'm not really targeting him in drafts where he's going. I mean, we saw his target share drop like crazy from year one to year two. And yeah, of course, because Tyreek is there, but like, I mean, we're talking about target share, 170 to 117. That's a well, massive difference. That was largely due to usage though. They used him a lot as a gadget guy uh, two years ago. They were running a lot of bubble screens in the same way that uh, they would use Jarvis Landry in the past. And last year they deployed him more as like a downfield threat, which is yeah. why his usage. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, his yards per reception, you were right there, like doubled. It yeah. was crazy, um, but I mean, but, but what I'm saying is like the, the targets between him and Hill last year even was 170 to 117, like, and it dropped, you know, from 141 from the year before. So like, I mean, he's he's damn good. Don't get me wrong, um, but there there is a little bit of like, oof, man, if he can't get that target share back up, like, how realistic is that that he can repeat what he did last year? That's that's hard to do. I mean, yeah, he did have a good uh, uh, yards per catch. Um, I think it was, wasn't it like 14 or like 12? Yards per reception, of, 18. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, my gosh, that is kind of nuts. Um, but like I said, that one's going to be a tough one between you two. Now I just got to see AJ. Why is Mike Evans going to outscore Chris Godwin? I'm curious why you didn't go to the Philly one, so you better have a good argument for this one. Because I always go the Philly one. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk about Philly. And even if you're not, that well, I handed you on I a silver platter at easy. I know, point. but that's why I'm. <laughs> that's why I didn't do it. So I, I mean, this one's pretty easy in, in my mind. You know, you're similar to to what Ian was saying with Waddle and Hill. You know, the age thing is creeping up. Mike Evans is going to be 30 in the like another less than a week. Uh, or a little over a week, sorry. Um, but this guy has never seen a season at less than a thousand yards receiving, and he's had you know a variety of different quarterbacks thrown to him. 
Um, so I, I'm not not saying that this year he's going to hit a thousand. This might make be the first one that he doesn't hit a thousand. Um, but Chris Chris Godwin is obviously going at a much higher draft price right now. The two finished very very close last year in points. Uh, I'm just looking at my league and sleeper. I think there was a difference of two points between them. Um, yeah. But you know you're looking at yards per game um you know evans has been up at 95.3 in his career 89 uh 82.6 godwin has been um he's had a 95.2 but that's the outlier everything else is is below 80 um he's obviously had some injury issues that he's dealt with um, Evans has missed some time, but not much. I mean, looking at, at his stats here, he's pretty much been consistently on the field aside from, you know, maybe two, three games here and there. Um, so I'm, I'm not really worried about injuries with him. He he's, seems to, to always stay on the field. His catch rate has been very consistent over the years as well. Um you know, and then just looking at the the targets last year, Godwin had had crushed him in targets by you know almost twenty five targets. Um, so I I mean, if the targets are there, maybe it's a little different. But I just think Evans is 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 about as consistent as they come, and that's what I like to base my my drafts around, especially with my receivers. And the price that you can get him at, take that all day. I can't argue with that. He is a model of consistency with how many you know straight one thousand yard seasons he's had. It's kind of insane the group he's in, um, you know, accomplishing that. Um, now for this one, you know, I, I just got to be straight up with you because this is the second question. You know, when you when you give me the full reins and I'm you know the the puppet master here. It is a little bit subjective. You know, I, it's my opinion that bases these points. Now, I am a big Jalen Hurts believer, and I did say I was given, you know, pretty much I, I I had a silver platter lined up for you, AJ, to take an easy point here because I'm a big Devontae Smith and AJ Brown believer. But Devontae Smith being a former Heisman, Joe made some very good points. I mean, besides that game one, he honestly could have outscored A.J. Brown last year. All right, because A.J. Brown is more of the explosive guy where Devontae Smith is more of the PPR guy where we did say this is going to be more PPR uh, focused. So I edge it out to Joe in this one. A.J., your argument for Mike Evans was because he's done it every year. Yeah, so <laughs> Literally, I, he's never not finished behind Chris Godwin. So I, I wanted to chime in here too. That I wanted the Bucks pair to fall to me, and I wanted to chime in that if Kyle Trask wins that job, his biggest strength is downfield throwing. Yeah. And Chris Godwin's the underneath guy who is catching a bunch of balls from Tom Brady. That is yeah, completely true. That's what I've been hearing as well, and uh, that is some great info because you're right. I mean, we don't even know who's going to actually be the starter there. 
I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard the report. AJ, I'm, I'm moving you just to help out in here for a second because I do realize does his positioning. I can see you costly doing like... this. Just get it, get away from the, the ticker. <laughs> got it. We're good. We're, we're just going to do that. I was like, what? Just because you, you got the point over me? Now no, the motor <laughs> yeah, the, to the freaking the le- bottom. The leaderboard is the camera <laughs> position. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so after two rounds, Ian and Joe were tied yeah, with one. Uncle Ted talks over here just dropping stuff in the car. Co- I just noticed that. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, tons I of stuff. I, okay. I told them. I was like, yeah, you got some spicy takes. We love it. Um, all but, right, let's move on to the next one, man. On to the next question. Question number three, we're going to kind of keep it in the same range here. And now they knew this the topic moving into it, and the topic was rookie wide receivers. So it was a little – this is probably like the easiest one you guys had because, you, I mean, there's only so many rookie wide receivers we can talk about, let's be honest. All right. So – Let's get the order down because I want I want AJ to have a good uh, jump at this. AJ, you are going to have to debate first since you're the last pick, just so you know. Yep. Joe is the first pick. He gets the pick of the litter. Which rookie wide receiver is going to go absolutely bananas in the second half of the season to help you win a championship this year? Because let's be honest, it happens every year. It may be not be the you know the top ones that we always think it is, but there's always a rookie wide receiver in the second half of the year. He doesn't agree with you, Uncle Ted. Hey, that's, I mean, <laughs> it's a passing league. Everybody is fair to have their own opinions, so that's that's completely fine, Ted. I like your opinions anyways. <laughs> so, our options are, we got four, again, Jordan Addison, Joe, Jackson Smith, Njigba, I'm terrible at that name, sorry, Quentin Johnson, and Zay Flowers. Um, I'm going Addison. All right. And then, Ian, you have second selection. I'm going Quentin Johnson. (gasps) I thought about it. That would have been my number two. All right. You got uh, Smith Nigdriba and Zay Flowers, AJ. Uh, Gross. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll go Flowers. All right. Man, this spotted cow makes me burpy. Whew. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I was giving AJ a little buffer there. All right, AJ. Why is Zay Flowers going to help me or anybody else win a championship in the second half of the season this year? I mean, you might as well just give the point to one of the other guys. Um <laughs> I have confidence, AJ. If I could make zero I'm, take tight end early work, it. you might. Yeah. Um, confidence is key honestly, in a debate. I feel like Zay Flowers is going to be the new Hollywood Brown for Lamar. Um, yeah, I know Odell's there, but who knows what we're getting out of him this year. Um, Bateman and Duvernay have been meh. So I, I feel like this job is really kind of wide open for somebody to step up and take it. And if Flowers is going to end up being more of a, a downfield threat, I think that that's going to be better for obviously his fantasy prospects with yardage and potential long touchdowns. 
bonuses, you know, if you play in leagues with that. Um, you know, he, he's having a really good camp. I know that's doesn't necessarily mean much, but you know, he, he's, he's just showing out so far. Um, I, I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> that's all I got. I mean, not even going to give a, you know, just a shout out to Todd Munkin. I mean, unless you did and I, I didn't hear it. No, I, I did not. Okay. I did not. Um, I mean, this is a, a running offense. Not usually, with Todd Munkin anymore. Not typically. with Munkin. Yeah. So maybe that. We, we, we'll, we'll see we're how much that changes with Lamar still this there. This is true. This is yeah. true. I mean, here's the I thing. I get I'm the big... argument for that, but I don't know. Lamar I'm a, still I'm... has a, you know, people just look at him and think he's only a running quarterback. He has a very good arm. Uh, also a former Heisman Trophy winner. So, you know, people just don't seem to want to give him credit because he's done so much in the running game. You know, I think maybe this is his year. Plus he's got a chip on his shoulder because he kind of screwed himself with the whole, uh, you know, contract thing. But now that that's over, I think he's he's going to ball out this year, and I think he's he's just going to be looking for weapons, and Flowers will be the weapon of choice. I mean, he is a crisp route runner from every you know tape I've seen out of him. I mean, he just, I mean, uh, the the comparisons coming out of college was Tyler Lockett, and I mean, he he might even be a better route runner than Tyler Lockett when his career is done. So I will give you that. All right. On to the next, though. Ian, why is Quentin Johnson going to win me a championship or anybody else this year for that matter? So on the surface, it's not the best spot to be in for the start of the season, right? Like he's kind of stuck behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but it would take an injury for Johnson to see a large target share, but if it does happen, like he could blow up. We saw Josh Palmer have stretches last year where he was filling in for those guys and getting 10 plus targets. And Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, every year seem to have health issues. And you're tethering yourself to a Justin Herbert led offense. It's the perfect week 10 to week 17 blow up spot after one of those guys goes down to see, you know, 10 plus targets, which means for Quentin Johnson, who's a tremendous talent at receiver all of a sudden he's putting up 680 and two in a few of those games and he's going off so um he would if you were going to go anyone to blow up in the second half of the year it's got to be johnston i agree <laughs> <laughs> that's what i wanted to play. mike's gone so i'm just going to move <laughs> on to my jordan addison i don't know where he just went um jordan addison for me, is you know, I, I think we all know. Please, you know he's, move he's on. The first you're you're fine. I I was commenting on and on YouTube. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Jordan Addison is clearly the the first receiver rookie receiver going off the board, and, and for a good reason. He's he's we think locked into this you know wide receiver two role. He's going to see a lot of single coverage with. Justin Jefferson on the other side, that's just going to help him um, as he grows into learning the league. Um, you know, second half outbursts for him are definitely in the realm of possibilities for me. Um, this guy has, you know, again, 
as AJ pointed out, camp tape is is one thing, but like you at least want to hear you you want to hear good things from camp. You don't want to hear bad things or nothing from camp from a guy. So that you know we are just seeing and hearing a lot of good news from you know Jordan Addison coming out of the Minnesota camp so far. So um, you, you like to see that. So I, I loved this landing spot for him, and I think he is absolutely. Uh, the receiver, the rookie receiver that you want this this year, if any of them. <laughs> Mike. Scores oh. table. So I don't know what's going on. Okay, there one, we go. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you now. We thought we did. So th- this one's a tough one for me because, I mean, I – I was a big Quentin Johnson fan coming out of TCU. But I also love Jackson Smith. Uh, I mean, uh, Zay Flowers, not Jackson, sorry. Zay Flowers coming out of Boston College as well. Um, Man, you, you guys are not making this easy on me. <laughs> I, I but... did the last time. I said a lot of words for a very simple sentence that Joe pointed out. sorry go ahead i um no you're fine you're fine um so like i said it is a little bit subjective here with me now i'm a big kellen moore believer and now that they got that uh you know kellen moore in los angeles (sighs) coaching up justin herbert i mean i love keenan allen but let's be honest he he has been struggling with injuries the past couple years so, I think I lean Ian on this one, and gosh, it's by half a point. I'm not telling you the scoring system, but it's but it's by half a point. All right. You just told us the scoring system. No, I mean it's half a point. You don't know how many points it is. That's half a point. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> What do you think? It's only half a point. Half and a of full whatever point? your system may be. <laughs> that system Sorry. counts up one, two. <laughs> See, right. this is the fun. This is the fun. I, I like the fun here. All right. So. All right. So for this one, I had a little fun with it myself. And I called it the hero RB in the zero RB range. All right. And this is what they knew as the topic question. But. So let's give a little just data back and uh, for you guys to go with here. So according to fantasy data, last year, Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson were going in that RB0 range. Specifically, Pollard at RB30 in PPR, Ramondre Stevenson at RB34 in PPR. And I believe, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they did both finish as RB1s this year in PPR formats. So we got four options here, kind of going in that range a little. I, I was playing eight, it, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for that. But yes, either way, zero RBs being hero RBs for you. So we got four options here. Like I said, not going in the 30s range because I'm not going to be that brutal to you. I picked it more in kind of like that 20-ish range, maybe late 20 range. But AJ. You get first selection on this one. Okay. And your selections 
are Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White, Cam Akers, and Alexander Madison. Uh, give me Cam Akers. Akers. Wait, isn't this all right? Doesn't Ian pick first? All right. Time? Yep. No, I already, I already, I already fucked up. I realized that. Sorry, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. too much at once. I'm doing your like, timestamps. I'm doing your banners. I'm running the show. <laughs> Joe, are you doing anything this show? Uh, talking and drinking. I'll take beer? that as a no. <laughs> I can do something. What do I need to do? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I, that's AJ, my fault. 100 percent my oh. fault. AJ, sorry. Oh. Scratch that acres. Pick, pick removed. Ian. Ian, who uh, do you Ian. want? Uh so what are the sorry choices? That, Pacheco, White, Madison, Penny. Uh close. Three or four. Pacheco, White, Madison, Cam Akers. Akers, okay. Uh I'll take that's my bad. I'll take Rashad White. I like it. All right, and then AJ. Akers, you still want him? <laughs> Man, uh, let me go, man. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep Akers. And I'll do All Madison. Right, and then Joe, Madison. All right, now Joe sucks to be you, but you got to go first. It's about to be me because you're going to follow up on this argument. Uh, Alexander Madison. Uh, I know he struggled in in you know when he got his time to shine last season, but um, let let's remember how how good this guy has been in other seasons when given the opportunity uh, in in Minnesota here. And I mean, look, unless the, this this would drastically change if Minnesota decides to go out and sign one of the Fournettes or the Zeeks or you know. Dalvin Cooks that are, you know, they're not bringing in Dalvin Cook again, but, um, it, you know, if if they sign, if they bring in somebody, then obviously this changes things. But I mean, the Vikings have clearly shown and proven from year to year that they want to use a single RB as like the primary guy, and it's been Dalvin Cook for years. Alexander Madison has proven that he can fill that role very, very well when given the chance. Um, yes, last year, I know there was that one game that it was like, ah, oh, Madison time, and it just put up a dud, and you were like, ah, oh, well, damn, all right. Um, but other than that, like, he's he's been a very a very good runner. Um, he can catch passes out of the backfield. He can do it all just like Dalvin Cook can. Um, the guy's only 25, very low tread on his tires. Um, so... This is going to be a good offense. They're going to get the red zone a lot with Justin Jefferson. And my other pick from the Vikings is last question, right? They're going to get in the red zone. They got TJ Hawkinson. So Madison's going to, you know, plunge into the, the end zone quite a bit too. So like, you're going to get lots of scoring opportunities from him. Um, so Madison is a guy who I have ranked much higher than the ADP right now. And, I'm shocked at how low his ADP is right now, considering that he's kind of a bell cow back 
in the middle of a bunch of dudes who are not bell cow backs and we've got him ranked behind guys who are not bell cow backs and so those are very few and far between defined these days so madison all the way especially where his adp is now i'm i will be shocked if his adp stays where it is by the end of august i like the adp argument so on to the next here aj why is Cam Akers going to be that hero RB this year? I mean, have you seen this guy play? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, that could go against me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was good at the end of the season last year. Well, that's when I where I was going. Yes. Um, Welcome. Yes, I you know you're looking at three three straight hundred yard games uh, to finish out the season last year against Denver. Um, at the Chargers and then at Seattle. So not necessarily pushover defenses. Um, you know, he's not helping you a ton in the passing game, although he did start getting some involvement there towards the end of the year as well. Um, I mean, really, there's just failed experiments behind him uh, in this this uh, running back room. So, you know, you don't have uh, a Daryl Henderson anymore there to, to vulture targets, touchdowns, anything, you know, rushing wise. Um, Matt Stafford's going to be better this year. Uh, Cooper Cup's coming back. So there's going to be some other weapons on this offense that teams and defenses will have to focus on. Um, I just think Akers is is you know he's a power runner. He's got a decent strength of schedule this year. Not like great, but not the worst either. So I think the Rams are going to be a bit of a contender this year. And in order to do so, they're going to need Akers at the top of his game. And I think he can you know make take that challenge on. Unfortunately, you did forget that they signed Sony Michelle, so there is a possible vulture in that back. Sony Michelle retired, but still, <laughs> he he retired. So but no, no I, they signed it, him, oh, yeah, and he, just, he retired. So there's still no one in the running room, running backs room. He's he's just oh, there, man. like cleaning out his locker. But no, no, they box, they so. drafted Zach Evans this year. Now, granted, he's elated. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right, but I, my point was is they're actively, they're still trying to get people behind him is my point. So, Well, he's going to be a, a on zero to the running next. back in the zero All right, running back range. Alright, so Rashad White. The Bucks lost Leonard Fournette. They didn't really add anyone of major consequence, right? Like, I'm not going to count Chase Edmonds as a major addition here, so White's going to get volume, and the biggest question with White will be how effective is this Bucks offense? You know, while they're not expected to be kind of one of those top tier offenses by any means, if they could match even the level of someone like the Raiders last year, you see how much getting major volume in a league average offense can do for a running back. Um, after what happened with like Josh Jacobs last year, for instance. Um, another note there, they added a great run blocker in Cody Mock uh, in the second round this year in the draft. And, so their interior blocking should be shored up. That was like a major uh, 
weakness of that team last year was their interior run blocking and they're able they added mock which should really help so you're going to have rashad white racking up those ppr points and if he's also getting all the carries with Fournette gone, you know, you could be looking at someone who's getting 250 carries along with 60 to 70 receptions throughout the year. And at that point, we're talking about a 320 touch running back who's going in the middle rounds and he could potentially win you your league. That is a lot of touches. God damn. Um, yeah. I don't know if Alexander Madison's going to get that many touches. Um I don't even know if Cam Akers can stay healthy enough to get all those touches. I hope he can. Oh, man, it's uh, – sorry, AJ, but it's between Ian and Joe on this one. I mean, Dalvin, Dalvin uh, Cook okay. saw that many touches, so, like, yeah, why, but that, why not? That was, that was Dalvin Cook, not Alexander But Madison. they don't have anybody else either, so you're looking at Madison taking the Dalvin Cook role. That's what you're looking at. I, I like Madison for the touchdown upside. Don't get me wrong, because I think that uh, that offense is going to be scoring points. But not the you know we look we look for volume in fantasy football, don't we? And Rashad White does have the path for most volume. Now, granted, it's not on a good offense, but let's look at James Robinson, who what two years ago was a RB one on a terrible Jacksonville Jaguars team. But. Here's the thing. If Alexander Madison gets that much volume and he scores that many touchdowns, I think he does become that hero RB. So I think I give it to Joe in this one. God, AJ, put up a fight. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I've never claimed to be knowledgeable. I'm just kidding, AJ. <laughs> All right, so this one was a little bit more fun. Um, so we're talking about LF NFL uh, offensive schemes. You know, basically... You know, which one you got four off, uh, actually five options. I was nice here. Which one of these offensive coordinators finally opens up the playbook for their team to make it more fun to watch, you know, for fantasy football? Please tell me you right, go first and... on this. Huh? Please, please leave me the one I think you're putting on here, everybody. There <laughs> we go. No idea well, what these are going to be, so. He, he he's probably reading my mind. Um, I'll read off the teams and the OCs for you. AJ, you got the first pick. You have Matt Canada for the Steelers, Luke Getze for the Bears, Todd Munkin for the Ravens, Bill O'Brien for the Patriots, and Eric Bieniemy for the Commanders. Hmm. Gee, which don't do it, AJ. Come on, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Joe's a Commanders fan, if you didn't know, Ian. All right. Um... Yeah, pick who you want. It's fine. Uh, let me let me go with the Steelers. All right, Matt Canada it is. Joe, you got second pick. We all know where I'm up. going. All right. Eric Bieniemy. I'm going to go Luke Getze. Oh, I like it. Coming from a Packers fan. Former Packers QB coach. All right, Ian, unfortunately, you do have to go first this time. So Luke Getze was able to run a very efficient offense under Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it's it was one of the most prolific 
passing offenses in the league, he steps into a Bears offense where Justin Fields was frankly horrific throwing the ball last year. He was a, an amazing runner, but he was not good throwing the football. Getze should be able to work with him. I mean, he was the passing game coordinator, I believe, in Green Bay. So um, bring a lot of those same concepts that Green Bay had, bring them over to Justin Fields, coach him up. Um, you know, you have the influx of talent there with DJ Moore and completely reshape that entire offense around more of a passing attack offense. And I know that Fields last year set the rushing record for QBs. I, I don't expect that to happen this year. I don't think he'll get anywhere close to that um, just because they're going to need him to run to throw the ball more. And that offense should look very different this year. I would expect fields to run for more like 700, 800 yards rather than 1100. Um, but if he could throw for 3,600 along with that, all of a sudden that's one of the league's better offenses. No 4,000 yarder. <laughs> you couldn't have said 4,000. Well, I... The first. <laughs> If he throws for 4,000, he's winning the MVP. So, his <laughs> first ever Bears quarterback to get 4,000 yards. You deserve the MVP. <laughs> it's funny. All right. That was a good one. I like it. And being a former Packers fan, I am a fan of Luke Getze. All right. So, Joe, up with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I mean, look, how can you go wrong with a guy coming from the Kansas City system? I know he wasn't the one calling the plays over there, but like he learned under Andy Reid. He learned from watching Pat Mahomes and that offense does get as creative as they possibly allowed them to. Like it was nuts what they did. And I mean, some of the stuff that granted, I, I learned a lot just from watching that, um, that Netflix series quarterback. Like I didn't realize they let like every Wednesdays or whatever they like let the offenses like come up with plays. They just let them have fun. And then sometimes they incorporate them into the playbook. It's, it's that type of stuff that um, makes me think that the enemy is going to bring over a, just a way of thinking, a way of playing that the commanders, you know, haven't seen in a while. Um, And, Look, they've got they've got receivers, they've got running backs. Um, quarterback is a question mark, but look, as I have said on this show many times, I'm not counting out Sam Howell as much as some people are. He had, I mean, had he come out a year before he did? We're talking first round pick, right? We're talking, you know it. At the beginning of his final senior of his senior year, people were talking Heisman candidate. Like the dude lost a crap load of NFL talent right before his senior year or junior year, whatever it ended up being for him. Of course, when you're running for your life every single play, like there's only so much you can do. And so, um, and when you really look at his college numbers, like his stats his personal stats weren't that much worse than the year before that when everybody then was going, you know, into his final season that he was going to be a Heisman candidate and he was going to be a first round pick. And then the entire UNC offense and not offense, the entire team sucked. And so that plummeted his stock. It wasn't his fault that they were losing. The defense wasn't good. 
His pass catchers weren't great. His running back, he lost two NFL caliber running backs. Like, and like three quarters, you know, three fifths of his offensive line. Like, he lost everybody. What do you expect him to do? <laughs> uh, so, I think Howell is going to be a much better quarterback than some people some people think. Um, clearly, no Pat Mahomes, but you know he's athletic enough to be able to do some of the crazy stuff that Pat Mahomes can do. You know, um, and and run some of those like oddball formation plays that they do. So I I really am excited to see what he can bring to this team. I am too. I am too. And I'm with you. I, I don't sleep on Sam Howell this year when you have someone like Eric Bieniemy behind Dropped the wheel. him as my third quarterback in in uh in Rasball. <laughs> not not bad. Not bad. So AJ, you're bringing up the caboose with Matt Canada and the Steelers. Yes, yes I am. Matt Canada, nice name like uh Robert California. Um so <laughs> already there he gets a point uh um, great reference but thank you see i'm good at some things um but yeah canada so he's he's going into his uh second season here as the steelers offensive coordinator um he's been there for this will be his third year now uh he was a quarterback's coach for a year he gets you know another year with a lot of young talent on this team. You've got Najee Harris uh, and and Pat Freermuth were both you know drafted in 21. You got Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, both last year uh, rookies. Deontay Johnson's still relatively young. Um, Allen Robinson is not. But the big uh, the big addition here, and you wanted me to talk Philly, so I'm going to talk Philly. Isaac Samalu coming in on the line is going to be a big help for Kenny Pickett. Um, I think Pickett's really got nowhere to go but up in this offense. You know, last year he had a 63% completion. Um, he was 7-5 and five in the 12 games that he started. 20, uh, 2,400 yards, only seven touchdowns, and nine interceptions. So I expect those numbers definitely to increase uh not the interceptions hopefully but the uh the yards and the touchdowns i mean this this team is known for having uh, a rough and tough defense to help this offense move so if canada can get the most out of these young talented players um you know he's got an rb1 candidate for uh, excuse me for fantasy in Harris there. Um, Freermuth is is again a, a solid tight end, um, good pass catching option. I mean, I just think this offense is is gonna explode, um, and hopefully the defense can can keep keep the their opponents at bay, so the offense can you know they don't have to ditch the run and and go pass heavy too much more. But I, I think that the the Steelers are, are going to surprise some people this year. Did I do well? Oh. 
So I think the, the, the time for you definitely helped your preparation. Um, I like the stats you brought and the pop culture reference is what pushed you over the top. And guys, if you want to put pop pop culture references in there to make it a little fun, absolutely. It's going to give you points. It's like around the horn, just like Joe wanted. So <laughs> AJ, you get the point on this one. All right. Yeah. I'm a big, I, I like Kenny Pickett as a possible like QB two. you know, high and QB2 this year. I mean, he's got a lot of weapons there. And Matt Canada, if he can open up the offense, it can make it fun again. So, yeah. on to NFL defenses. All right, yeah, this is a little funny. Um, yeah, we don't talk about defenses much in fantasy football, so I made this fantasy football relevant. Which NFL defense do you think will be this year's revolving door defense that we are starting all of our fantasy players against? I got four options here for you to choose from. If you can't think of your own, this is one where I I figured I'd give you the option to choose your own team. If you can't think of your own, I have four solid options in my opinion for you to choose from. So you can choose whatever you like. But the four options you have to choose from are the Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, Minnesota Vikings, and Detroit Lions. All right, Joe, you get first pick. I can pick my own. You can pick your own. I just wanted to give you something to choose from. If you, if you know, if you couldn't think of one, you could fall. Oh, Las back Vegas on. Raiders. All right. <laughs> I already had them in my head as soon as you asked the question. I thought there would be a choice. <laughs> All right, Ian, you get second choice. Whoever you want, and I, you know, whoever you want. Uh, I will go with. I'll go with the Cardinals. Cardinals. <sighs> yeah, that's a good uh, one. That's why I put that up there as a default option. That is, yeah, that's a solid option. <laughs> what were <laughs> the other ones that you listed off? Minnesota, Detroit, and the Rams. And the Rams. Sure. <laughs> uh, I am gonna go. That's why I gave you default options. Yeah. Uh. Tick. I'm gonna tick, go with the tick, Falcons. All right. Now, AJ, you're the biggest loser in this one because you got to go first. I got to go first now, too. (laughs) Wow. All right. Um, You know, you really really make this hard. (laughs) I I tried making it easy, but then when I thought about this one, yes, it definitely made it hard doing it this way. Yeah. Um, All right. So, I mean, there's not really much to love on this Falcons team. Hold on, let me pull the old depth chart up real quick. Drake London. Are you pulling up their defensive? Oh, I mean, they got AJ Terrell. They've got, yeah, Terrell. Terrell's nice. Um, You know, you got an old Bud Dupree. Uh, You got an old Grady Jarrett, you got an old Callis Campbell. Um, I mean, these guys have seen a lot of snaps, so you would think that maybe they'd be a little better than that. 
but the big thing that I'm looking at here is the fact that they only had 21 sacks last year, which was second worst in the league, um, right behind the Bears, 20. Uh, they only had 10 interceptions, um, which, again, I believe was tied for a second. No, sorry. Um, so there's plenty of teams that had less than that. Still not very good. Um, you know, you're not looking add a lot of power out of this defense they their best trait for a fantasy standpoint is that they did have two special team touchdowns um but they were rostered by 2.9 percent of people last year so i just think they're going to be giving up a ton of points um their their fantasy points per game according to fantasy pros was like 5.2. So that's not, that's not something you really want to have on your team. Um, trying to see what their stats were. Just so you know, you don't get additional points for the word. Um, I should though. Cause I use it a lot. <laughs> um, You're fine. AJ. I know. I, I, th- <laughs> All right. All right, I, throw, I throw the first person. We need, we need to start setting timers. Yeah, let's move go, on. Go ahead and move on. All right. So, Ian, Cardinals, you're up. So, the Cardinals are the overwhelming favorite to land the first pick and seem intent on building towards 2024. Um, you know, every move they've made so far has been geared toward the future, which means they could also be a team that sheds more vets at the trade deadline. So, even True. with even if you look at their depth chart right now, they have some decent vets on that team. They could shed some of those guys before like over the next couple months. So if they truly are the type of team that ends up with the number one pick, I'll truncate it to this and keep it fairly short. How often has a team ended with the first overall pick? You didn't want to start against them in fantasy. Like that's the team that you want to play against. It's a fair point. And they, they were a, a pretty good option to choose there. So, so Joe, the point uh, real quick I would have made for the Cardinals as well is that I'm pretty sure they are favored to lose in every game this season by a pretty big margin. Yeah. Well, Raiders uh, were one of the worst fantasy defenses last year, and it's not going to change this year. I mean, uh, they can pressure the quarterback a little bit, but the quarterbacks in their division are pretty damn good. So um doesn't really help their cause there. They get, you know, they get six games against, you know, three pretty pretty damn good quarterbacks. Um and I just I mean talking about like they didn't really add anybody either this year, you know, I mean Marcus Epps, Brandon Faison, those guys don't really excite me as far as additions on the on the defense. Um so they were bad last year. Um, their, I mean, their offense can be good, but I don't know if it's even going to be as good as it was last year. You know, we're, we're dealing with the Josh Jacobs holdout, which, I mean, if he's not there or, you know, he doesn't come in, you know, full strength, right? That offense won't stay on the field as much. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as good as Derek Carr. Um, so that's already a downgrade there. I just think, you know, Kind of to Ian's point with with the Cardinals, right? 
with the offense not staying on the field as much, the defense is going to get scored on a lot. Um, same point I'm having with the Raiders. So it's it's kind of there. And then, I mean, the teams they're going to play are better than, than the Cardinals play kind of all year long too. So, I mean, their division is just crazy good. So, um, yeah, I feel like they're, they're a team that's going to get heavily targeted against in fantasy. So, honestly, guys, I mean, only one person told me something I didn't know. And that was Ian. And I mean, he, I've, aside from the obvious, I didn't even think about it. You know, if they are going to be, you know, kind of aiming for it, they're going to be shedding those vets. Like they could be even trading somebody like Buda Baker at the trade deadline. And that's the anchor of their defense right there. And man, we'll be starting everybody against them. So I'm giving this one to Ian. All right. So Ian gets first choice this time. Oh man. Joe, that sucks. You got to go first. So better be prepared. All right. <laughs> we're not because we don't know what we're doing. So <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, this is what happens. I'm having fun, though, man. I, I am having fun. This is a good show. I like it, Mike. This, this... So Uber. this one, different types of leagues. All right. We get, you know, it's grown fantasy football so much. So just defend. Why is this way of fantasy football the best way to f- play fantasy football you have redraft dynasty best ball and auction Ooh. ian you get first choice dynasty all right good choice aj next choice oh we already know which one won <laughs> yeah with so uh, redraft auction and How dare what else? You assume that uh, redraft, best ball, and auction. Oh, best ball. All right, and then Joe. Redraft and auction. You know, I, you probably thought I'd go redraft. I'm gonna go auction actually. I like it. Different direction. All right, Joe. The only thing that sucks about that though is you gotta go first. That's all right. So auction for me is the way to play every single league you're in. Uh, I know they're hard to do because the drafts take forever. But if you can play in an auction league, this is the way to go. Look, snake drafts, you're kind of hamstrung with who you can pick based off your draft slot. You have no control. In an auction league, if you want Christian McCaffrey and you want Austin Eckler... Go for it. You can pay up. I mean, good luck with the rest of your roster, but because <laughs> you're going to pay, you know, $150 for the two of them, maybe. But um, it's you can do what you want to do, right? I've played in so many auction leagues and I love being able to find values at positions later in the drafts that I would never be able to get in a redraft league because that player would go in round six and you know, I just happen to not need a receiver in round six or, or whatever it is, right? Like you sort of just, you know, with snake drafts, you just sort of get stuck with where you're being, where your draft slot is and auction, you know, we're talking, I mean, it doesn't even matter what sport it is, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, auction is the way to do it. If you can carve out the, 
multiple hours it's going to take to do a full auction draft. That is easily the most fair way to draft. And I, I love it. Like it, it's a lot of fun too. Like, you know, just seeing and the mind games you can play with people like bidding them up and hoping that, you know, you don't get bit because you didn't really want that player. But you know, like if I'm in a draft room with AJ, I know he's an Eagles fan. I might, I might bid up, you know, AJ Brown, a couple of extra dollars or, or throw AJ Brown out really early, knowing that he's got a lot of money left at that point in the draft. And so he can spend up for him. And then that helps me out later in the draft because, well, AJ doesn't have that money and now I do. So there's a lots of, lots of uh, strategy that goes into just kind of playing the game within the game of the auction draft. And it's so much fun. It is fun. It's, you know, having fake money for a fake fan, uh, fake game. It's always fun. I will be drafting in the Kings classic draft this weekend with 13 others. Um, yeah. And we all try to do the same thing. So <laughs> it's sort of a battle. <laughs> all right, AJ best ball. Why is that the best play? Uh, best way to play fantasy football. Best ball is the, the best league because it's already named that best ball. <laughs> I mean, that's the simplest thing you could have Drops on Drops, Mike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you don't even set it and forget it. You just forget it. You, you don't even have to do anything with it. You pick all the players you want. And it, it's kind of similar to redraft in that sense because you're not, you're not keeping your best ball team for years to come. At least I've never seen it. Maybe that's going to be a, the next wave of uh, league choices. Best ball. That would be interesting. That would be, <laughs> that would be quite. How do, how do you do that? Um, very carefully. Uh, but yeah, best ball, you, you know, with, with the quantity of leagues that most people, you know, that, are at least in, in the industry and everything that you're doing before best ball even became a thing was egregious. And now that best ball's here, you can add another 20, 30, 40, 600 leagues. If you really want Davis paying um, to just play and you just pick the players you want and hope you, you're still, you still have a strategy in it. Whereas you want to get the best guys you can. But for those games where Christian McCaffrey blows out a knee or whatever it might be and totally screws you and you lose the game, he doesn't screw you in best ball. You're going to have somebody else that's going to pick up the slack there. Probably a Cam Akers, you know, maybe one of his last three games from last season. Who knows? But that's the beauty of best ball. You're going to have, you're always going to have the best possible score that you can get from your players on your team. You're never going to be looking at your, your team on, on Monday or Tuesday after you, you lose a matchup by three points being like, Oh shit, I should have played this freaking guy or I could have played this and that you're never second guessing yourself. You don't have to. That's the best part about best ball. Ian, floor. Right. So, yep. AJ mentioned the set it and forget it aspect of best ball, but why do I want to forget my team? I want to be invested in my team. And that's why the answer is dynasty. You play year round. Um, you're never out. If you're bad, you're rebuilding. If you're good, you're winning. 
it's it's all an investment and the trade market is always going there's always ways to improve your team in the direction you want to take it you can always have a conversation with someone in the league at any point in the year and your roster isn't just your roster you can trade picks you have assets um there's ways to improve your team there's winners and losers of trades it's it's just the best fancy it's the best way to play fancy that we've ever come up with. I, I used to have five redraft teams. I now have five redraft and eight dynasty leagues. It's all the good things about redraft, but adds all the aspects of a Madden franchise that everyone loves to do. Oh, I love it. The man reference too. I love it. Joe, <laughs> you know, that was going to get, I know, me. I know that, uh, <laughs> that, that got him. Cause he's a big, he's a big Madden guy. So, oh man, Games um, match. <laughs> Honestly, I hate to say it, but that did get me. You did get me with the man reference. It was going to Joe because I like the aspect. He he basically said the same thing as you, Ian, besides the Madden thing. That's what pushed you over the top. But Joe had it's get your guy mentality. You know, in auction, you can get whoever you want, you know, by that strategy. And, it, it you know, it's just something that's not offered in other formats unless you reach. So, Ian, you do get that point. What if we set up a league? With an auction draft that is a best ball dynasty format. I, I'm in one. <laughs> You're in one. I just got best in it this dynasty? year. Yes, it is. I, I'm curious to see how it goes, but it, right. it's a nice combination of everything. It's fun. Mm. So, next question here. Well, never and mind. This is <laughs> this is going to be the last question. All right, so. New starting QBs. Which QB that is getting the starting job this year for the first time, you know, in their career, there's, yeah, we'll talk about it. For the first time in their career, and who's going to have the best year out of all of them? All right. AJ, you have the first pick, then Joe, then Ian. You have Sam Howell from the Commanders. Desmond Ritter from the Falcons. Jordan Love from the Packers. This one's kind of eh. Brock Purdy for the 49ers, because let's be honest, he didn't get the starting job last year. And, you know, he was kind of a fill-in. Okay. All right. Um, I'll go Sam Howell. <laughs> Steal all of Joe's information from the last question. Uh, I, I was you... going with, so you're good. What's that? <laughs> That's not who I was going with, so you're good. All right, Joe, you're up. So sorry, uh, I, I Ritter, got... Jordan Love, and Purdy. Oof. Uh... I'm gonna go with my gut. It's not what my ranking say, but I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. All right, oh. Brock Purdy. Okay. All you right, might... Ian. You might think I'd say Jordan Love, but I'm going to go Desmond Ritter. I'm not going to lie. I put this one in there for you because I thought maybe you'd go Jordan Love, but I like it. Straying off the path. All right. Now, I'm curious to see what you got to say about Ritter, Ian. So I'm a big fan of Desmond Ritter. Uh, I was working with the BR NFL scouting department back in 2022 during that draft process and Nate Tice was our quarterbacks guy and he had Desmond Ritter as the top quarterback in that class as a, with a 
first round grade on him and actually had him above Kenny Pickett. So um, I think he has a lot of deck Prescott potential as someone who was drafted, you know, third round and um, mobile quarterback who ran a very pro style offense at Cincinnati steps into an Atlanta offense that uh, last year was pretty bad, but this year, you know, you have the addition of B. John Robinson to go along with Drake London year two, Kyle Pitts year three. Um, he's got that kind of core around him. And then I just like the talent, to be honest, you know, he's a great runner. He's a smart player who doesn't make mistakes. He's got enough arm talent and he's got the talent around him. He's not going to be a guy who's like going to vault in like to the top eight discussion, like a Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or anything like that. But he could be a guy who's more in that Dak Prescott mold. Um, and I think if he ends up, you know, anywhere in that QB 10 to QB 14 range, I, I do think that's within his range of outcomes. Like, he has a lot of potential to vault himself from like right now. I think he's like QB 28, QB 30, something like that. And he could really move up high. I like it. I like it. I like the Prescott comparison too. I haven't heard that before. So Joe, why is Brock Purdy the guy you want to get this year? I mean, talking about a guy who came in last year, uh, the last, what, six weeks of the season, QB 18, QB 8, QB 14, 13, 9, and 5. So he's already done it. Like, uh, was it flashy? No. But he got the job done. Shanahan offense, just play the role, you know, be safe with the ball. He he barely threw, you know, he threw four interceptions all year. One was in week seven when he had the, you know, sub in. Um, I mean, I, I think honestly, like, I don't know if the Niners would have gotten to the Super Bowl if he were healthy, but they, they had a much better chance with him on the field than, uh, whoever the hell they put in his place at that point. They were down to like Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson. Eighth, their eighth quarterback at that point CMC. of the season. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, he, we're not going to get 30, 40 point games from him. Like I think a Ritter could have in his, you know, in his belt at times during the year. Uh, but he's going to be kind of steady, safe, um, almost, almost a little cousiny, uh, to where like at the end of the year, you're going to go, Oh yeah. All right. QB 12 again. <laughs> That's what happens. Right. And yeah, maybe it's not QB twelve, maybe it's QB fourteen, you know. But I mean, we already saw it. Three out of the six weeks he played last year, he was a top ten quarterback. There you go. We'll see how a full season plays out for him, but I do like your argument. All right, AJ, Sam Howell. All right, Sam Howell. So obviously, we've only seen one game out of him. Uh, just under 58% completion rate, only 169 yards, uh, only one touchdown and one interception. But who'd they beat? Uh, Eagles. No. Commanders beat the Eagles last year. 
They did. Oh, that's right. It was. <laughs> I was going to say the Cowboys. You're right. No, it was the Cowboys. It was week. It was week 18 was, against the Cowboys. I was trying. Commanders to, also gave them the, their first loss of the year last year. Right, but I'm saying who did yeah, Howell beat? It was the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Which oh, is good, even call, better. good call. That is nice. That for is both nice. me yes. and AJ, because we're both not Cowboys fans. Clearly. Correct. Um, so again, you know, cherry picking off of Joe's thing on uh, being Emmy. The guy's awesome as an offensive coordinator. He's he's got you know a great head coach in Ron Rivera working with him. So looking at the weapons he has here alone, you got Scary Terry, you got Jahan Dotson in a, a, a second year, you got gadget guy Curtis Samuel. Um, Maybe <laughs> you've got another, hopefully a fully healthy year of Brian Robinson. And Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. Um, I think Gibson's going to be, you know, more of a weapon in the passing game this year. Um, they also drafted uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr. this year for running back. All of that combined. But what you really need to look at with with Howell here is his college career. I mean, this guy put up seasons of. 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions uh, with over 3,600 yards in 2019 uh, as a freshman. His sophomore year, he only had 30 touchdowns, uh, still seven interceptions and just under 3,600 yards. And then uh, back in 21, just over uh, 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns. So he's kind of gone downhill from there, but having this, many weapons around him and this coaching staff is going to propel him back into you know extreme relevance in, in my opinion and i i'm kind of scared about washington more than i am the cowboys this year um as an eagles fan personally so i mean i gave you quarterbacks that all had weapons because i wanted to kind of see if you could stray off of that topic and you guys all mentioned it I mean, they do all have weapons. It was an easy topic to go for. Um, I do want to stand behind something that I said. Even though I went third, I do fully believe in Desmond Ritter. I just traded Russell Wilson for him in a dynasty league last week. So, Like straight up? uh, Yes. I like that. I like that. Man. I, I love this game. I, we're going to have to do this again. Now, <laughs> I, man, Ian, throw it in that extra spicy take with it as well. I still give this one to Joe, but it didn't matter because Ian had four points. <laughs> so All Ian, right. does, Ian does win this one. Joe, you get the final point if that's any consolation. <laughs> <laughs> But it was close. Did I beat score, AJ? That's all that matters. The final score was four for Ian, three for Joe, and one for AJ. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy I participated. You didn't get shut out. We don't get. I will get my trophy at the tour. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But I, I hope you guys had fun. I did. I did. Thank yeah. you for having me on. No, this was this was good, Mike. Yeah, thanks for thanks, thanks for putting thanks this for together, man. Um, and, and Ian, uh, again, thank you for coming on. Um, before we let you go, um, uh, just let everybody know where they can find you this year and what what you got in the what you got in the works. 
Yeah, you can find me at Ian Kenyon NFL on Twitter. Well, X, I suppose now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, and you can follow our great work at the Thirty Third Team at the Thirty Third Team dot com. That's where I work. I help run the editorial over there. So um, definitely check us out over there. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, great stuff by you, and uh, congrats on the win. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. A lot yeah, of right. great information all around. Thanks for coming and dropping some knowledge. Like, of course. like it. Thanks, guys. We'll have to have all you right. back if you have us. We'll do. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Have have Thanks. Have a good one, man. Feel better soon. Um. All. Whoop. What? Apparently, we kicked AJ out too. Yeah. Um, well, no. He 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 beat me to it. He he left before I could remove him. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, well, so that is it. Um, we did this show a day early because uh, we're headed to the expo this weekend. Um, so next week, still debating on the topic, but uh, we'll get that one out and we will be back on our Thursday schedule for here throughout the rest of the, the season here. Um, but uh, again, hit that subscribe, hit that like button. Thanks for watching and uh, have a good night. I would like to also say congrats to Michael Lorenzen on the no hitter for the Phillies tonight in his second start for the team. Uh, nine strong innings, no hits. Like I said, no earned runs, obviously. And five Ks, four walks. Go Phillies. All right. <laughs> okay, we are. You should have. You should have added that in your Philly uh, argument. Maybe it would have got you an extra point. I didn't have a Philly argument. Uh, you added one into that a question that had nothing to do with Philadelphia. So maybe out of the coaching staff thing. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but all right, we out, guys. Peace. Yeah,